Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. It's Christy Dole. You're listening to When Hustle Meets Flow. So I'm really getting good at doing this thing of talking about, posting about, sharing about what's really alive for me right now. And today's episode is definitely um, something that is alive for me right now. So today's conversation um, was sparked by a text message that I received from a friend yesterday. And I actually bring that friend onto the podcast to discuss what she had texted me about. So this podcast is going to be really great if you are a parent, if you have children, Um, if you are a teacher or a school administrator, this conversation really, really includes you as well. And so without further ado, I want to welcome one of my good friends, Bridget Briere, to the podcast. Go. All right, everybody, welcome to the podcast. One of my good, good friends, Bridget Briere. Hi. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Okay, so is this your first time on the podcast? I can't remember. You were on mine. Is this my first time on yours? It might be. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So um, tell everyone just a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into the topic. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I enjoy living life beyond labels, titles, roles, but since you asked me for them, I'm a mom. (laughs) I'm a wife. I'm a former TV journalist. I'm a podcaster. I'm a musician. And most importantly, I am a full-time student of life. I love Mm. learning and growing and just Mm. not being stuck in the hamster wheel that so many of us just keep spinning on because we don't ever figure out how to get off of it. And now that I'm off of it, I'm like, oh my God, life is so much better this way. (laughs) That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Um, And honestly, that was like the copy for my group program (laughs) that's open right now is get off the hamster wheel of life, of feeling like it's so hard. So here you are. Okay. So I want to just tell everyone a little bit about our friendship for a moment, and then we'll get into the topic because I think it's important. So I've known Bridget for, I would say when I was pregnant with Sapphire. Yeah. How six oh, years, six, six plus years now. You just, yes. you had just had Sapphire when we oh. connected. You okay. Just- so, all right. So almost six years and we met in a network marketing company and you guys can't see Bridget, but she's beautiful. She's tall. She's skinny. She's got the whole thing going on. So when this is how superficial I am. So when I started to get to know her, I was really like, whoa, I was not expecting you to be like this deep and like this philosophical. And I've told you this a thousand times, <laughs> haven't I? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, I was like, yeah. So which, which just goes to show how superficial I am, but either way, no. Not anymore. No, 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 no. no. And well, that's a whole other podcast. Cause I had this realization this past eclipse season that I have this middle school mentality. And that's part of it is judging people by, by how they look. Hey, I'm human. I I'll, yeah. I'll own it yeah. anyways. So Bridget is a very deep, she and I can have the kinds of conversations that literally light up my heart. Um, all the stuff I talk about here on the podcast and so that's kind of our friendship. She and I went to Eckhart Tolle together. Um, we just were like soul sisters, which is so 100%. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, and I'm on like my personal growth journey and she's on hers and, and we really come together and talk about what we're feeling and learning and we support each other. And it's just, it's the kind of friendship that I so value at this point in my life. Okay. So yesterday, Bridget 
sends me a text and this is the topic of our um, discussion today. I'm just going to read the text and then we're going to discuss. Okay. So the text goes, they're doing this thing at my kid's school where they're singling out one kid from each class each week and giving them an award for being exceptional at following the rules, dot, dot, dot. And I just think it's so awful because not every kid is going to get this quote prize end quote. And it's such bullshit quote, fit into our mold and we will reward you end quote. <laughs> and this is me whose kids will probably get this thing at some point, but Jesus it's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the, the text. And I received this text and I was like, yes, or no, I was, you know, I was like, no, I'm like, I'm so upset that this is happening, but I was like, oh my God. Yes. So that's what I want to discuss today is I guess that just this, um, what's happening in schools still. So I guess my first question for you, Bridget is like, when you were a kid, did they have this kind of student of the week? Wait, so when long time ago, when we were kids, cause I'm 41 yeah. now, right. they had, I was in a program called tag, which stands for, and I don't think they would ever do this anywhere anymore, talented mm -hmm. and gifted. So they label, it's like this, the labeling thing just makes me batshit. Yeah. So talented and gifted, and they pull the kids out of the classroom and the, the talented and gifted kids, I'm air quoting, will go and do like special projects. And I remember feeling like proud, but embarrassed, but like, what does this label mean? You know what I mean? Because it's like, when you're a kid and you get slapped with a label that you didn't ask for and that you don't understand, you then carry it around with you as part of your narrative. And unless you're able to like look within at the narratives that you've given to yourself, not only based on your experiences, but by the other things that people tell you, you're living a life based on other people's perception other people's of you perception of you yeah. and it just like that makes my heart sad for kids who who might I mean hopefully they'll be able to you know realize what's within them is wonderful no matter what someone else thinks or says but not every kid is going to have access to the tools to guide them to be able to figure that out and I'm like okay that's I understand conceptually celebrating kids who quote unquote, behave and follow the rules, but not all kids learn the same. Not all kids come to uh, a learning environment with the same abilities or background or whatever. And it's like, it just, I don't, I'm not gonna be like, it's not fair, but it just, <laughs> just kind of like, what is the, what is the real point? What is the real point? Totally. And, and this is a really good example of the system that has been in place yeah. for eons and eons that create, um, yeah, that this is, they say from zero to seven, you know, your whole mind is, is forms and stuff. Um, and this is part of that. And similar to you, I can see why school administrators do it, but like, good God, is there not anybody in school administration right now that is like, beyond this thinking that can see how this is like hurting children. So let me share my story if that's yeah. okay. Cause I have one. So at, in my school growing up, we, they had student of the week and student of the month and my entire elementary career, I never got it. And it was, I remember it was fifth grade and I had re realized like, wow, I've, I've never gotten this kindergarten for, and I wasn't a bad kid, but I was, I got too talkative on my report cards. 
Um, and like, I wasn't a bad kid. I, I got A's and B's. I was a good kid, but I wasn't, I guess, exceptional. I guess I wasn't a star. And I remember it was fifth grade and it was like, you know, like May, it was like literally like around now that I told myself, I was like, okay, like I'm going to be really good and I'm going to get this. And I like, I remember I like essentially didn't talk to other people around me, you know, after lunch. And I went straight to my desk, like after recess. And I just did all these things that I thought were supposed to make me good. And I remember it was like the last week of fifth grade, which where I grew up, fifth grade was the last class before you move on to middle school. And the teacher who actually was a really nice guy, like he wasn't, you know, a mean or cruel teacher or anything, but I remember him saying to the class, behaving for a couple weeks doesn't mean you get to be student of the week. And I remember, again, this is just my little 10 year old perception. I felt like he was talking about me and I, and I never got it. And I have never thought about that until I started to become a coach and until I started to hear the stories, the stories of origin that the women that I work with still struggle with today. And these stories of origin, most of them root from elementary or middle school. And a lot of them are like, I didn't get student of the week. I didn't get talented and gifted. I wasn't selected for this thing. And it's like these, these 40, 50 year old women are still carrying it to this day, this identity that they aren't good enough, that they aren't worthy. And I never thought about it until recently. And I'm like, how has this been affecting me? And it has, because I always feel like I'm not the, I'm never like any room that I go into, I never think that I'm um, the best, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I think it's a bad thing because <laughs> you can, you can think you're the best and be conceited and, and kind of an asshole, but you can also think you're the best just knowing that you're confident. I never walk into a room thinking that I'm special. That's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah. And that's important because everybody is special. And that's the thing. You're not special because you got the, the, the certificate. You're not special because you followed all the rules. You're special because you're you and your essence inside is what makes you special. And we're not teaching that. We're not teaching that. In fact, we're teaching. We are, we are but we like are. the system. The system is, is not. not. And and we're putting our kids in the system, which in another lifetime, maybe I'll homeschool, but but this lifetime, I'm like, go public. But that's like, where you like do the work at home. I mean, that's when you yeah. have those conversations with your kids. Yeah. I, I do want to talk about that, but I guess what, if you're listening to this and you have kids and they have this you know, here in in our town, it's called the wolf call. Like just question it. Just think about it. Don't, don't just blindly, you know, push it on your kids. Like, Oh, you haven't gotten yours yet. Or, or even if, and so I'll just say what I said to Bridget last night, I sent her a voice text and I was like, I totally agree with you. And here's the funny thing is that our, in my, my town, my kids got it this, this year and they came home and I saw it. And my first thought was like, ugh. (laughs) Like, I was like, no, like, why are they doing this? But I could tell my kids were proud. So I just said to them, like, I am so happy for you. Like, how do you feel? And I really acknowledged that. But then I took it a step further and I just said, listen, 
And I say this about all their stuff. Like when they bring home papers with stars or like 10 out of 10 or nine out of 10, I'm just like, good. Like how did, how did it feel? Looks like you worked hard on that. How did that feel? I always ask them that. And then I'm like, listen, I just want you to know, like this piece of paper didn't tell me anything that I didn't already know about you. Like with the wolf call, I was like, you, it's for being kind, responsible, I don't know, two other things that are like safe and something, which obviously are important. But I told them, like, I already knew you were kind and responsible. Like you already knew that you were all of these things and it's nice to be acknowledged, but like, we don't need this. And you know, my eight-year-old is like confused and I'm like, I'm happy for you. I am. But like this, and I tell her, maybe it's a little too early. I don't know, but I tell her like this piece of paper and what it, and, and you feeling good about it is a bit of a trap. I want you to feel good without somebody telling you that you need to feel good. Yeah. That's it. It doesn't come from, from outside. It comes from within. It always does. And those are the things I always tell my kids. I'm like, you have to be your own biggest cheerleader. It actually doesn't matter. I'm, I'm like, I know it feels good when I'm proud of you, but it actually doesn't matter if I'm proud of you or anyone is proud of you. As long as you're proud of you, did yeah. you do your best? Did you keep trying? Are you showing up as your best self? And I don't think it's too early. No way. Teach, yeah. you, know, you know, and, and you lead by example and you, you know, the, I try to really keep negative self-talk out of the picture, you know, mm-hmm. because they pick up on all that stuff. Yeah. Like you, as a mom, you are conscious about not talking negatively. Yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Because they, they learn that from us. They sure do. So what do you think, like, like, this is the thing that I struggle with is how do I like encourage the girls, but also not have them fall into the trap of, oh my God, I need something outside of me to tell me how good I am. You just keep having those conversations of how, like to your exact point, what you said about how you always ask them, how did they feel? Mm -hmm. I didn't, this is something that I didn't do and I didn't know, but my daughter, who's eight and a half, almost nine, she's super um, like self-reflective because mm-hmm. we talk a lot about like observing our thoughts and um, she's like really picked up on it very well. So she'll be like, um, mom, she com- does competitive dance. And the first time she came off of the stage this year, she had, the, it was her first time doing like just a dance with her and a friend, not the yeah. whole thing, it was just her and a friend. And I was like, wow, that was so great. Wow. And she was like, mom, please do me a favor and not tell me I did a good job and just ask me how I, how you think I did. Oh, (laughs) and I was like, wow. Yeah. Valid. I'm like, absolutely. (laughs) My bad. I'm like, because, because what do I always tell her? I tell her that it doesn't matter what I think it matters, how, what she thinks and how does she feel? And so she schooled me in my own thing. She did it politely and I, and never again, will I run up to her and be like, great job. I'll be like, wow, it looked like you were having so much fun. Did you enjoy that? How did it feel? Yeah. yeah. So good. Yeah. So what, what, what do we do? How do we stop the madness? <laughs> I mean, you know, for me, I, I like you enjoy having these deep conversations and yeah. I love, 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 love people who want to level up and want to do better and be better and not spin in the hamster wheel. So I'll float little you know, ideas that I have to other parents and ask them what they think about it. And, you know, if I'm getting a vibe where they're on the same page as me, 
then we have a conversation like you and I had with the text. Yeah. And, and then kind of get them thinking about having these conversations with their kids too. Like, yeah, that's it. You, the best thing we can all do if we're interested in healing is start with ourselves, right? Mm. And then who's immediately in our circle, mm-hmm. our, kids, our spouses, and do our best to influence with the intention of leveling ourselves up first, because we can't level up anyone else because that's their own job. But if we do it and we lead by example and we keep having these conversations, then it spreads. So, and I love that. And I want to just turn the perspective around to the parent for a moment. So, and there's no shame, right? We're, we yeah. are where we are. We are where we are. But I've definitely noticed that there's some parents who like would never want that to go away because they feel a certain fulfillment. Of course. By so and that's almost a little bit of like living through your kids. Yeah. Which so many people do. Yeah. I, I mean, let's talk about that. Like, what do you think that's all about? I mean, there's so much psychology that goes into that, right? Like yeah. kind of projecting your wants and your desires. You know, I think about the activities that my kids do and how, you know, in my, in my mind, I'll be like, oh, I really want them to pursue X, Y, and Z, but it's not my place to push them to something that isn't filling their heart with joy. Yeah. Like my daughter tried soccer and she didn't like it and I'm not going to push her to do it. Were you a little bummed? No, I mean, no, we know because I didn't, I didn't grow up doing sports. I think my husband was like, Oh, but she tried it. She finished out the season and she was like, she's interested in dance. She loves dance. That's her passion. That makes her happy. Great. Yeah. Do what makes you happy. And if one day she wakes up and she's like, I'm not into it anymore. I'm not going to be like, oh, but you spent all this time doing yeah. it. Like, yeah. You know, we would have a real conversation about it, but I'm not going to project that because that happened to me as a kid where my parents mm-hmm. forced me to do things that I just w- really didn't like and made me uncomfortable. Like what? Um, like horseback riding. Like that was not my passion. That was my mom's passion. She was into that and I did it, but I didn't love it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It didn't fill me with joy. <laughs> Mine was Hebrew school. <laughs> My parents made me go to Hebrew school from like kindergarten to seventh grade <laughs> till I got bought mitzvah. And I was like, isn't there something better I could be doing on a Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday <laughs> afternoon? Fuck. <laughs> um, so I, w- I want to talk just a little bit about and lovingly, I want to lovingly kind of call these parents forward, the ones that kind of live through their kids. Um, and I'm going to call myself out right now because I think we all do this unless you're like perfect, which I don't think anybody is, but where I, I don't necessarily like live. Well, I don't necessarily live through my kids, but I feel it. So like, I know what I'm feeling is not theirs. It's mine when it happens, but with my kids, it's with their friendships, which for me, that's a, that's a tender spot for me as friendships. And so when I see my daughters, um, fighting with their friends or feeling like they were left out one day, like, Oh my God, does that rip me up inside? That is. And, and that is an indication to me of something that's unhealed within me. Um, I think for other parents, it might show up. Like if your kid does get, uh, the student of the month, you think that you're, 
it, it, it like lifts you up in some way, it like puffs you up in some inflated way that your kid getting an award really shouldn't. Or if your kid doesn't do well at soccer, you're like embarrassed or like, how else do you think it shows up? I mean, for sure that like, yeah, just when, when it, what do they, what does Eckhart Tolle call it? Um, pain body, your pain body. It's your mm-hmm. pain. Yeah. Anytime you feel like a spike in what, what I've learned to label as like the ego voice, the ego part of you, the part that compares mm-hmm. and the part that sorts yourself and others as better than, or less than mm-hmm. that's the pain body. That's the ego. That's the stuff. That's like not your true essence, because really we're, we're all the same. We're all energy. We're all made from the stars mm-hmm. and you, our beliefs is where we get caught up in conflict. And so if our beliefs are that I'm only good and worthy, if I get the promotion at work and my kid gets the prize and my kid starts every game and like that, that's the, that's where the, the problems come in because then you're not just living life in the moment. You're putting the, the labels on everything. And then that can eat you up inside. Yeah. T- talk to me about what the pain body is. Describe that to the, to the listeners. So, okay. And how would you describe the pain body? Okay. So for example, when my husband asks me a question, when I'm cooking, he'll come in and be like, Oh, did you use um, olive oil? And I haven't used olive oil. I've used vegetable oil, let's say. But I, but I feel <laughs> dare you. <laughs> but I feel like his question is a criticism when literally mm. all he's asking is out of curiosity, but my pain body feels judged. Oh, you're judging me. And that's, you know, it's when you want to, to fight. It's when you want to flee. It's when you want to, you know, lash out. Anytime you feel that, that rush of, of energy, that's negative, that's Mm -hmm. your pain body. But when you're driving in traffic and someone cuts you off, boom, pain body. How dare they? You know, mm. so your pain body is like, picture it. This is how I picture it. It's almost like this energetic shield out, like that's e- like outside of you or even inside of you. That's not physical, but it's when someone, just like she says, when someone triggers you, when something happens outside of you, that causes a reaction that is like not the normal reaction that everyone else is having. It's the pain body. It's, it's your emotional, it's the emotional part of you that feels pain. Is that how you would describe it? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of pretty much all adults are walking around with these big gaping wounds in their emotional pain bodies that they're unaware of. And then they're passing it down to their, to their kids. And that's, I think where, I mean, we're getting to a really deep, deep subject here, but I think that's the reason why the world is so screwed up right now is because hurt people, really broken, hurt people are unaware of it. And they're just passing it, passing it, passing it, passing it. That's why I think like the best gift that we can give to the next generation. And if we're people who have children, Mm -hmm. even if you don't have children, even if you don't like you, you, we, everyone have the ability within us. We all have the ability, all of us to be cycle breakers, to Mm. not continue to perpetuate the behaviors and patterns of the people who raised us and, you know, the, the, the adults who, and the, the peers that we had influences from, 
it's super easy to just keep doing the same shit over and over again. That's the hamster wheel. That's easy. That's easy. Yeah. Even if, even if your life sucks, it's just easier to just suck and keep going. <laughs> it is. It's hard. It is. To- it is. You know why? You know how we know it's easier because everyone's fucking doing it. Everyone's doing it. That's how we know it's easier. It's easier to feel the pain of your current life than it is to step into a, a different version of yourself, throw your throw trust and faith up in the air and hope for something better. It's totally easier. That's why half half the time that Bridget and I talk, I like tell her, I'm like, I wish I wasn't so fucking aware because it would be so much easier. 100%. Especially with parenting. Like it would be so much easier to parent just on autopilot and not because every single thing that my kids experience, I'm always like, how is this affecting their inner child? How is it like, which is a trauma of my own. That's like my own trauma, right? Yeah. Okay. What else? Well, I was going to say like, um, one of the, I heard somewhere about like advocating for yourself. Like, let's say I'm going to share something with you that is troubling me. And I'm like, listen, Christy, do you have the capacity? First of all, do you have the capacity to hear what I'm about to say? And you're like, yeah, yeah, I can handle you today. Oh, that's like, yeah, I'm open up. And then I'm like, all right. So I just want to let you know, this is a feel it moment, not a fix it moment. Like I don't need your advice or anything. I just, I just need to like share it. Be seen, be heard. Need to be seen. And so I had heard that somewhere. Love that. I read it in a book or heard it on a podcast, who knows? And like, it's there in my mind, but I didn't start using it right away. But now I use it with my mom who mm. very much triggers my pain body in a lot of ways. Um, and so now I'll be like, if she asks me what's going on, I'll be like, here's what's going on. But this is a feel it moment, not a fix it moment. Like, I, I don't want your worry or your advice or anything like that. I just, I'm sharing it with you. And then like, kind of like, wow. that's it. and then in an effort to be a cycle breaker so that this doesn't continue for my own child at bedtime, when I'm tucking in my daughter, she pours her heart out to me. And I have learned because she's teaching me how to, how to treat her because uh-huh. she's so aware that most of the time she doesn't want my opinion. She yeah. doesn't want me to say anything. She just wants me to listen. And when I do at the end of what she says, she'll just be like, mommy, thank you so much for just listening to me. I just needed to get that off my chest. Oh, and like, does that not make parenting that much easier to just, yeah. to just shut up? Yes. Like, you, you know what also, can I just add to that? Um, I love that. I'm totally gonna use that. In fact, I'm going to use that with my kids. When they come to me, I'm going to say, is this a feel it moment or a fix it moment? Do you want me to help you fix it? Or do you just want me to be here while you feel yeah. it? I love that. Um, but one thing, so I'm a projector, you're a projector and our strategy. So that's a human design thing. And our strategy is to wait for the invitation, especially when it comes to advice. Mm-hmm. So something that I've been doing, cause as a projector, it's like, can't just sit around and wait. You you can create your own invitation. So it's like, if you're having a conversation with a friend or your kids, just saying like, Hey, I have some insight. Could I offer that? So something that I've been doing with my daughter, especially, cause it's interesting. It's always bedtime that yes. all the things come yeah. out and you're like, you could have told me this two hours ago. <laughs> um, but as I just ask her, I say, are you looking for some advice right now? And, and my oldest Sienna, she thinks about it and she goes, sometimes she's like, yeah. And the other day she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, okay. And that was like really powerful for me. And I think really powerful for her. 
Um, and so I want to leave the podcast with what are some signs? I think let's, let's kind of give them a tangible. What are some signs that your pain body is activated? What are some signs that you're still trying to get your own version of student of the month? Mm -hmm. And you know, if you're interested, what can you do to teach your kids in a system where they're continuing to reward based on being good and being quiet and all that stuff? Like, how can we empower our children to be, to, to see themselves beyond that? So I think the, the very baseline key to any of this is to tune into your awareness, to notice, just start noticing day to day. What makes you snap at someone? Mm. What makes you want to, like, what, what are you rolling your eyes at? Mm. What, what are you judging? What are you judging? Just, just start to notice it. Notice what, because it, it's, I mean, it's just constant. It's constant. constant. Thought, 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 thought. Constant. It happens. Rapid fire, autopilot, and you don't even realize it's happening until you start to make an effort to notice it, right? Yeah. So just notice those moments. What is what's irritating you? Are you irritated every time? This is a thing for me. So stupid. And I <laughs> really come along with this. When people in the family don't right side out their clothing, right? They, the clothing is inside out in the laundry. I'm the only one that does the laundry. I take pride in doing this job. I love it. I'm so grateful that I have all these clothes to wash and that I have this family to do the laundry for. Oh, but it pisses me off when their shit is inside out. But, oh my God. But, I started to ask myself, why am I, what is actually yeah. the problem? Here? What is this all about? <laughs> oh, I feel as though they're not respecting the job that I'm doing for them. Mm. They don't, they don't care that I'm doing this job with love. They don't mm. care about me. Oh, mm. why do I think they don't care about me? Oh, because like five-year-old Bridget is so sad that she didn't have enough attention from her parents because they were always working and she was always with a nanny or a grandparent and her parents weren't around. You know what I mean? So it's like, and it doesn't have to be that deep at first, but over time you can just start to notice how these little irritations go so deep. Yes. And I, I just love that you said that. Cause let me piggyback off of that. So kind of step one is awareness, just yes. like you said, notice. Yes. And step two is let's use that example. You're irritated that the, the, they don't do the right thing with the laundry. What she did right there was illustrate to you how she kind of went in. So she was like, why, what is this actually making me feel? So it's like, what happened? What happened is people didn't right side in their clothes. What did you make that mean? That's the question you want to ask yourself. And you made it mean that they don't appreciate the love and care that you put into that. The next question you would ask yourself then, and you just very, Cause you've been doing the work. So you just went there easily and effortlessly. But for those of you that are watching, the next question you want to ask yourself is when was the first time you can remember feeling that? Mm. So when was the first time you could remember feeling like you weren't appreciated for the hard work that you've been doing? That would be the question that you would yeah. ask yourself. And then Bridget's like, well, five years old, you know, and then here comes, and then that's when you start to do inner child work. That's when you, so it's like never about the thing, the trigger, the never person. it's never about them. They actually gave you a gift to go in. Um, so it's like when my daughter is like upset about her, you know, friends, and one of them said they don't want to be friends with her or whatever. 
yeah, that's hurtful. But then it's like, why is that hurting me so much? And it's like, I'm like, oh, because that happened to me and I'm still carrying it after all these fucking years. Um, and so then, then what do you do with that? Is you really, so tell me, Bridget, once you realize it's the five-year-old Bridget, what's your next step? What do you do? Well, then I can step outside of the situation, right? I can be like, oh, well, who would I be if I didn't think that their inside out laundry meant that they didn't give a shit about me? That's the first thing. Mm. Oh, I would just be a person doing the laundry. Okay. So let me take the story away from it. It's the stories that we assign to stuff that cause us so much pain. It's self-induced suffering. And so when we try to blame other people for the way that we're acting or behaving, and don't get me wrong, there's exceptions to every rule. If someone murders your family, like that is, that is on them. And that's not like, that's not okay. (laughs) That's not okay. But like, um, you know, like I'll have these moments where I'll just be like yelling at the kids. And then two minutes later, I'll, I'll be like, I am so sorry that I yelled at you guys. I was feeling um, stressed in myself about managing my own time. And I took it out on you. And let me tell you, my parents never, 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 not one single time ever apologized to me. for. So it doesn't make my behavior right or okay, but it alerts the people around me who are most important to me, my family, that I'm aware that I messed up and I take ownership of it. And then I'm modeling that for them mm-hmm. because then they'll do that for me too. When they act out and then they'll be like, mommy, I'm so sorry that I like threw my shoe at you. I was hungry. And Aww. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So, okay. So we have awareness. We ask ourselves, when was the first time we felt this feeling? we can do what you just said, which is ask ourselves, well, like, who would I be without the story? And then just kind of keep it moving. But if there is a really hurt part of yourself that you've never tended to before, it's inner child work is really as simple as just loving that part of yourself, the way that she needed to be loved in that moment. So Mm -hmm. like one aspect of my inner child that I go to often is the five-year-old me that was just freshly spanked. And going to her and just asking her, like, what do you need? And it's always the same thing. She's like, I just need someone to like, keep me safe. Yeah. So it's like, I'm here. So that's, and so that's the thing is like, if you can give that version of you, what it needed at the time, because space and time are made up and don't actually exist. And you can actually heal the five-year-old version of yourself today and feel the effects of it today. When you do that enough, then the laundry no longer upsets you. It, it's, it's amazing. I, yeah. I, I honestly never thought the day would come that I wasn't like literally in tears, huffing and puffing about. And you're over it now. I'm it's, it's like, not a thing. <laughs> it's not, like I'll still be like, Hey, can you right side out your clothes before you put them in the laundry basket? But when they don't, cause sometimes they don't, I'm not, you know, rage folding anymore. Right. <laughs> rage folding. Amazing. Well, I think this was a really good conversation. How do you, how do you, would you have anything left to say? Oh, I mean, we could talk forever. We, could. I <laughs> we totally could. Um, yeah. So if your kid get comes home with a student of the week, uh, paper, w- w- what are we doing? Oh, that's, you know, it's like, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. It's just like, are you the same person you were yesterday? Yeah. Like, are you going to be the same person tomorrow? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, I hope that this was, um, I hope you guys got something out of this. I hope 
I brought up a subject that you might not have thought about in this way. Um, and if you are a school teacher or a school administrator for the love of God, please stop doing this. Like, please, you know, and, and just one last thing is like, it's not that I'm suggesting everyone gets a trophy because I know that there's many adults that are so angry that all children get trophies, which that's a whole other, like, I have a whole theory about those parents. Um, yeah, I don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. If it's not, everyone gets a trophy and no one gets a trophy. I don't know. I don't have the answer. What do you, what do you think? Why can't, what just, why can't we foc- focus on everyone is special in there just, just by being alive and being here. Mm-hmm. That everyone gets well, a trophy adults are, are up in arms about that, Bridget. Uh, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. inside and see what inner child wound is being triggered. That's yeah. what I say. Yeah. A hundred percent. And with that, <laughs> we will end the podcast. All right. Thank you so much. Definitely have you back on in the love future. You. Love you. Love you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a fun conversation. I hope you guys got some value from that. Um, Remember that we talked about a few different steps with kind of seeing what's going on in your pain body, seeing what sort of projections you're making on your own children. And if you're listening to this, my guess is you really value conscious parenting. So allow this to be um, the entryway into a whole new relationship that you can have with your inner child and with your own children. So wanted to just let you guys know that the doors are open for my signature group program, Hustle to Flow. This is for women, spiritually curious women who, like Bridget, want to get off that never-ending hamster wheel of feeling stuck, feeling like things aren't moving forward in your life, feeling like you're having the same patterns and problems with people and relationships, and you're just ready. You're ready to return back to who you were before the world told you who you were. This is a program that combines human design, energetics, somatic healing, hypnosis, affirmations, tapping, all the juicy magic that I work in my own life. I bring it to this container. The um, link to join us will be in the show notes. If you have any questions, feel free to message me over on Instagram. I am at when hustle meets flow. And if this conversation really stirred something, opened something, activated something within you, please, 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 please take a picture of yourself listening to it or take a screenshot of the podcast, post it on your social, tag me and share your biggest takeaway. This is how we get the message out. This is how we start to wake up more parents, more teachers, more administrators. And it's it's this is how we really create a new system for our children to thrive in and um, not have to survive, honestly. So with that, I will see you guys next week.